Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, pizza parlay. Meredith brings the case against her husband, Jason. Years ago, they settled a fantasy football dispute with a pizza truce. Jason would be allowed to choose Meredith's pizza toppings for as long as they were together. They've been together now for years. Is their contract still valid? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. We're coming your way. We're going to dazzle you with our judicious play. The time has come. You know we're shooting for number one with thunderbolts and lightning. We'll light up the sky. We'll give it all we've got and more with the Judge John Hodgman try. Bailiff Jesse, please swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling despite the fact that he orders pizza on his anchovies? (laughs) I do. I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Oh, were it only possible, Jesse, I would absolutely... Yes. Why can't someone make a crust of interlaced anchovies the way that they make baskets out of woven bacon for internet websites? Meredith and Jason, if you're still standing, you may be seated for an immediate (laughs) summary judgment in one of yours favors. Are you able to name the piece of culture that I paraphrased as I entered this very real but very fake courtroom? Um, I maybe... Is it a fight song, like a college fight song? Did you name it or did you not name it? I wasn't listening. I didn't hear the name of anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to guess. Is it the Yale University fight song? A reasonable guess. This could be one of the very few podcasts, however, will I, be, I will be making no Yale references whatsoever. That is my promise. So no. <laughs> you are I, wrong, Jason. I don't know. Oh, really? You got, well, Would it help if I added some melody to it? Yeah, why don't you go ahead, yeah. Je- Jesse? We're coming your way. We're gonna dazzle you with our judicial play. The time has come. You know we're shooting for number one. With thunderbolts and lightning, we'll light up the sky. We'll give it all we've got. And more with the supercharge. Oh, I gave it away. Ah, Her try. That's all right. That was a reveal. That is the that is a fight song, Meredith. And uh, and given that you are clearly a listener to the podcast and are familiar with my my own alma mater and fondness for bulldog sports, <laughs> I was a little surprised you didn't recognize the uh, San Diego Chargers fight song. Uh, which is a great disco dance tune that uh, Jesse is particularly fond of singing whenever he has an opportunity, and I decided to give him that opportunity. And he did a Judge great Hodgman, job. do you think the chorus of our version goes, Judge John Hodgman, Super Podcast, Judge John Hodgman, Super Podcast, Judge John Hodgman, Super Podcast, Pod, 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 Pod. I think that's the new theme song. Thank you very much, Jesse. See, I'm a I'm a Steelers fan, and we have the Steelers polka. We don't have a disco song, so how does that go? Can you, Can you sing it? Yeah, it goes. Uh, this is the Steelers polka. 
<laughs> My singing is terrible. You don't. Know. No, that was pretty. I got I got a polka feel out of it. The only polka that I the only polka that has been going through my mind recently is a Pennsylvania polka, as featured in the great uh, 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 Harold Ramis film A Groundhog Day, which we've now watched in our household about seven times in the past two days, uh, or maybe fourteen times in one day. I can't tell anymore. Time is in a loop when it comes to Groundhog Day. Meredith is a Groundhog Day hater. She does not like that show, that, that movie at all. You don't. That's ca- true. Really? All yeah. right. Well, I, yeah. I find in favor of Jason. Thank you very much for coming in, you guys. You have point. You have point. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm sure you have no particularly strong feelings about it, Jason. You just wanted to poison this court against your wife. <laughs> poisoning. Well, congratulations! It worked. Yeah, poisoning succeeded. In any case, uh, you guys are having a fight. The fight is uh, over uh, football or a form of football, uh, fantasy football, which in my day we used to call LARPing, uh, but now <laughs> nowadays means something else. Fantasy football, I guess, is where people who are not athletic sit around a table and yell at each other while eating pizza, which sounds like a pretty good sport to me. Uh, a dispute came up in fantasy football. Don't go into many details right now, Meredith, because we'll tease all this out during the case. However... As a result of this dispute, you guys came to an agreement where Jason was going to decide pizza toppings for a period of time in the future, which is also in dispute. Can you yes. explain to me how this pizza settlement came about, uh, what the rule change was and how it affected the game? Yes. So uh, in 2009, we're in a fantasy football league, of which I was the commissioner. And we started week one with a rule that rewarded bad defenses, sort of by accident. So if you picked a defense and you picked a bad defense, you could end up getting points because of this rule that we had in play. So at the end of week one, we recognized that that was a problem and changed the rule moving forward. Now, who's in the fantasy football league? Uh, My college friends Mm -hmm. and my brother Mm -hmm. and Jason, my boyfriend at the time, Now now my husband. Aha. Okay. So you were, you were, but lovers at the time. Yes. We had only been together for like two months at this point. Oh, and then you just started playing fantasy football together. That goes against all rules of courtship. (laughs) Uh, And do I understand correctly? Fantasy football is a game that is played in solitude via the internet and, and telephony and fax machine. Or do you guys all sit down in a basement somewhere D and D style and roll some dice? No, over the internet, the, right. the first. But yeah. do you? But Jason, do you have pewter figurines or what? <laughs> <laughs> I've never played D anD D, but I do. Uh, I do like uh, fancy themed uh, games. Yeah. All right, fine. Meredith, uh, maybe you could clarify for <laughs> us how this rule change affected the winners and losers in the league. Sure. So, week one, Jason played against my brother, and my brother won. When we went, when we changed the rule, it would have, if we had had the rule retroactively affect the previous week's scores, Jason would have won. And so a debate broke out about whether Jason should win or my brother should win, whether the new rules should impact the previous week's results or not. And to settle this debate, you offered to let Jason, then your boyfriend of but two months, to choose pizza toppings for you for the rest of your life, and you would like me to reverse that decision now. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Well, because, I mean, we had only been together for two months. I, I had every reason to believe that we would break up and that 
I would not every reason. Well, not every, not every <laughs> reason. But so you know, I didn't realize that I was going to you know marry him. And so your defense is your defense. So you made this agreement, Jason. Jason was agitating for applying the rules retroactively so that his win would stand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I got he, it. I got so it. He okay. Would win. Yeah. Right. And and your brother, quite reasonably, was arguing that uh, uh, it should uh, the wait a minute. And your brother was arguing that the rules should not be changed retroactively, but should simply be changed going forward. So he would continue to have won in the first week. Thank you, Jesse, sports fan. All right. And to settle this, you appeased your brother by giving him the win, and you appeased your then-boyfriend of two months by saying, you will get to choose pizza toppings for me for the rest of my life. Yes. Yes yes or no? Yeah. Yes. This was an agreement that you entered into with your then-boyfriend of two months. Yes. And your argument is that that should not be valid because you uh, were not negotiating in good faith because you intended to break up with him. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't I didn't intend to break up with him. But up until that point in my life, all of the relationships I had been in had ended. So, you know, I had every reason to believe that this one would as well. Right. You made uh, a, just, it, you it made a ration, rational choice that you probably would not have to honor his pizza choices for the rest of your life. But now you're staring down the long, long barrel of that pizza gun. And you're like, no. What is the kind of pizza that he orders? He basically, he just wants pork, different variations of pork, uh-huh. and then a few vegetables. And that's it. Okay. I think that's unfair. Jason, why is that unfair? Well, I mean, it's true that I do like pork products on pizza. I, who doesn't? Uh, but but there's a fairly wide vegetarians. <laughs> well, yes, babe. The, babe, the pig probably doesn't like it. <laughs> uh, neither of us are vegetarians. If mm-hmm. if she were a vegetarian, then I would have to rethink the the agreement. Um, but. Uh, you know, there's a wide variety of vegetables that I like and meats, and I even like a few different styles of pizza, like taco pizza and things like that. What is? Wait a minute, what, that's not a real style. What is of pizza. taco pizza? <laughs> taco, taco pizza is a real style of pizza. What is it? You can get it at Godfather's. What about spaghetti pizza? I don't want to hear a real style of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what about Caesar salad pizza? What, what about, about Jello salad pizza? Is that a type of pizza? Awful. What about Ambrosia salad pizza? I don't. I've never seen that. I would not eat it. What about hot dog pizza? No. Well, I've had it in New Jersey once. It was called Grand Slam Pizza. And I had, <laughs> I'm it had sorry. hot dogs and french fries on it. That That's sounds a great. real style of pizza, Jason. <laughs> what is a taco pizza, Jason? If you can't define it quickly right now, I'm going to find in Meredith's favor. Go. A taco pizza has beef and cheddar cheese and lettuce and tomatoes. And frequently it also has kind of crushed up uh, uh, corn tortilla chips on top. Okay, good. You did a good job. It's disgusting, but you did a good job. And that's <laughs> and 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 so Meredith, do you do you there there seems to be a lot of variety, although meaty variety in the pizza mm-hmm. toppings that Jason is choosing for your household. How long have you been married, by the way? A little over a year. All right. So. And uh and so do you object to his specific choices or the lack of freedom in your life as a married woman? It's more of the lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do not mind eating pepperoni or sausage pizza, but I would occasionally like to eat a more adventurous pizza. And um, Jason is a kind of a picky eater. Uh-huh. And so he won't even do the half and half pizza with me because he's worried that my toppings will come over onto his half. That's, that's and how, and how old, how, excuse me, and how old are you, Meredith? <laughs> I'm 30. And how old is Jason? 12? 
Yes. <laughs> I do actually do half and half. That's a misrepresentation. The only time that I can't do half and half if it's a type of topping, like she wants like a cheese sauce. And the cheese sauce does bleed over and it takes over more than its boundaries. If, you know, a half and half where it's like she wants chicken on one side and I want pepperoni on the other side, that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's when, when her toppings need to me, invade because, my toppings. Because the pieces of meat know their place, just like, yes. your, just like your wife should <laughs> when it comes to pizza. Guys, I hate to interject again here, but what the hell is cheese sauce doing on a pizza? Is that for exactly. a classic ballpark nacho style pizza? Exactly. This is a misrepresentation. I do not order pizza with cheese sauce on it. Uh, you want a white pizza with feta cheese, uh, with uh, with Alfredo sauce or something? You it's like a, that. it's a garlic cream sauce, not a cheese sauce. A car- what? Yeah, cream. I what? Where are you getting? Where do you live? We live we live in Moorhead, Minnesota, which is the Minnesota side of Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, <laughs> now everything is becoming very clear. Is but this I'm also probably... some kind of crazy like test market place? <laughs> no, <laughs> like the kind of place but... where where Sbarro and Olive Garden compete to come up with the stupidest type of pizza? No, it's. I just, don't think we have Sbarro. It's just Minnesota. It's just northern Minnesota. It's cold. And isolated and dark for much of the winter. <laughs> and all people can do there is play fantasy baseball, I mean, fantasy footballs, and, and imagine new ways to add cheese to the food that they're eating. <laughs> <laughs> you sent in some evidence, fair. did you not, from, from the pizza place to, to, as representative sample of the things that you like and don't like? Mm-hmm. And yes. the evidence you received, uh, you sent in to me, uh, let's see here. This will be available on our website, MaximumFun.org, obviously. This is a menu from this pizza place. We will not name the name of the pizza place. You have circled the Tuscany Pizza, Meredith, and Jason mm-hmm. has sequeled the Aaron's Little Miracle. Aaron's Little Miracle is pepperoni, bacon, green peppers, onion, and mozzarella, perfectly respectable pizza. I noticed, Aaron, that you did not circle the taco pizza, which is right next to it, or for that matter, the Big Dog's Pizza, which is D-O-G-Z, which is disgusting. Uh <laughs> Uh, that just shows you that it's made with imitation dog, not real dog. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. And Tuscany, a mustard Tuscan sauce, garlic, chicken, onion, red pepper, tomato, mozzarella, ricotta, and oregano, as my nine-year-old son says. <laughs> Jason, why is the Tuscany pizza disgusting? Well, I mean, the first time. Well, let me is rephrase that. Why is, Tuscany, why is Tuscany pizza more disgusting than taco pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I won't necessarily defend that, but for some reason I do like a taco pizza. So uh, the Aaron's or the uh, Tuscany, the mustard sauce. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's delicious. You know, was there like arugula on that too, or one of the ones she likes to get? It has like lettuce and stuff like that, which I don't mind lettuce, but it just like why is that on a pizza? Uh, what uh, ricotta cheese? I really can't deal with ricotta cheese. The texture of why, it is just why right. can't you deal with ricotta cheese? I have a I have a texture issue. Oh. He's, he's a very picky eater. I am not. I'm not a very picky eater. I he just is. have certain textures that really gross me out. Like they they make me convulse. Like like <laughs> want to throw up. That makes me want to throw up. <laughs> uh, picky eaters who talk about it, who are not 12 years old, are only exceeded in annoyingness by 12-year-olds to me. 
Sorry. That is a, that is a personal prejudice of this court. But, uh, you know, I, I, feel, I feel that everyone has their, their preferences in life. I know a man named John Roderick who happily and openly claims that he hates potatoes, which is in all forms. French fries, mashed potatoes. That is, is, is there another form? Scalloped potatoes, I suppose. <laughs> Whole raw potatoes, I guess you could say those are disgusting. But you, know, you, can, you can't make an argument about any other kind of potato, but it's just something that he hates. He's always hit it. He's always hit it. You know what I've seen him do at the dinner table? Eat some mashed potatoes. Know why? Because he's a grown-up and he was served them. Now, obviously, if you have a choice, you would prefer not to get ricotta. I understand, but let's not talk about your the 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 textures that don't feel right in your mouth because that's gross to other humans. Well, well, yeah. Exactly. The only thing, the it, only it's thing, it's gross that, to me too. <laughs> yeah, but it's more gross to me, and it's my podcast. <laughs> well, I share it with Jesse, of course. The only thing that's more gross than any of that than even the taco pizza is this thing on the menu next to it: s'mores pizza. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Which, and there's a pizza on there that Meredith likes to get that has pickles on it. It's good. S'mores. Hot pickles are good. Well, deep fried pickles are good. I agree. I have no texture problem with that. The mouth feels fantastic. Ugh, the mouth <laughs> feels the worst phrase of all time. <laughs> Hot pickles on pizza. So you're an adventurous pizza eater. Is that not true, Meredith? I am, yes. Yeah. And in general, I am an adventurous eater. So we reach these sort of food conflicts a lot. Mm-hmm. And Jason, um, we haven't brought this up yet, but Jason is a national champion debater when he was in college. And he is a professor of argumentation. So I <laughs> lose, <laughs> I lose that, every argument. Is that a real? Have you ever seen his paycheck? Is that a real job? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure he doesn't just go down to work at the plant, but he comes home and tells you that whenever you have a disagreement? Are you sure? Are you sure? He's, are you sure that's not his nickname in the freestyle rap battles they get into in Fargo, North Dakota? Uh, what is it? What is your job, really, Jason? I teach at a, a, a private liberal arts college in Moorhead. And you and and you are the professor of argumentation. Uh, no, I, I'm in the communication studies department, but okay. mostly I, I, I teach argumentation and I coach the debate team at the college. Now, he does literally teach argumentation. Is it the type of debate where they talk really fast? Because that's pretty funny. It, yes, it is. Well, yeah. actually, to that effect, we have some evidence that was sent in by Meredith. Jason, I'm not sure that you know that this evidence was sent in. This I is <laughs> video of the CEDA National Championship Debate Part 1. <laughs> From 2002, when I presume you were a college student somewhere. Is that right? That's right. At uh, Fort Hayes State University in oh, Kansas. Oh, all right. And here, here, is, here is Jason making uh, the second affirmative. Here we go. It's the one he talks about how there's a hegemony within the West that seems to basically knows the world. It takes their consumptions for granted. These are assumptions about time, space, reason, ontology, agency, subjectivity, causality, knowledge, and a whole host of other assumptions. These fundamental orientations towards the world is the one that enacts domination, the style of thinking, the dying, the infinite multitudes of different ways of being in the world. It's epicidal. It's Walter Mingle in 2000. A consequence description of other thinking is way up. Thinking is not intended to dominate, humiliate, way things is universally marginal, fragmentary, and unachieved, and as such, it's not epicidal. It's not society. Societies which talk and write and take place are not heard. It's not the planetary production of knowledge. It's not societies, even they speak, or not listen to their difference. It's Gloria Evans talks about how challenging this framework means a rearrangement of our manner of seeing the world. We think that that's a valuable All right, I think I've heard enough. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure that you're debating a seal there. Is that correct? No, that's the that's the sound of him taking breaths between the words. That's right. <laughs> like, isn't the point of debate to convince people of something? Uh, uh, yes. To I make an to argument? In mind, uh, that the, yeah, uh, you have to keep in mind that the, the judging for the debate is a specialized audience that's able to listen to uh, that speed of message. And so, yeah, you have to convince, but it's it's an I- emphasis on uh, information processing and the uh, ability to quickly uh, deal with arguments on your feet. And so, you know, it's it's definitely not aimed toward a broader public audience. But do you gain a psychological advantage by giving the judging committee the impression that you're about to have a horrible asthma attack? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say that, yeah, that, that was not a strength. If I... I I was I had to speak very loudly. It was in a large auditorium, and so I wasn't able to have my my normal breathing patterns, which usually aren't that bad. At some point, I'm going to actually play that tape back slowly so I can understand what the argument was. But did you win? Yes, yes, we won. Okay, well done. Thank you. Discussing pizza preference here is somewhat immaterial because the reality is there is a contract made, and the question is whether the contract should be honored. You stipulate that the contract was made. Do you not, Meredith? It was made. I do agree to that. Yeah. Was the underlying, was the, was the settlement necessary? Why, Jason, did you have an argument with, uh, with the rule change or specifically how the rule change was applied? Why, why would it only be fair if it had been retroactively applied? And why was it unfair, so unfair that it was uh, not retroactively implied that you deserve to uh, mandate pizza choice for the rest of time? <laughs> And throughout uh, the known universe and unknown universe, I, I presume as well. Well, uh, one thing I think that's sort of background context is that both Meredith and I are uh, competitive people. We like to play games. We like to, uh, you know, we play gin, we play other kinds of games. And so fantasy football is one outlet for that. Uh, so, you know, we, we both take it seriously. And in fact, Meredith's like in a football picks league. I mean, so she's she's also a very competitive person. So, uh, you know, winning matters. Now, of course, it's still just a game. So we don't take it, you know, it's not like it's life or death or anything. Right? It's uh, not like gin. Yeah, <laughs> certainly it's not like your regular canasta games. Yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't uh, this isn't bridge, you guys. <laughs> Just a friendly game. And so, in in this instance, you know, one of the big factors was that it was a rule that was so unusual. It's a rule that that nobody would have predicted and it's not it was a rule that nobody thought was a good idea. Uh, you know, nobody planned around the rule anything like that. Where where did the rule come from? It was, it was automatically a- generated by the league, the, by the website that we were using. See, I, I don't see. think that's possible. That because no, no, it wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't know. one of the standard rules. You're it so, would have had to have been an accident. You, you are you are implying that Meredith mis- misunderstood or misapplied the rules as commissioner, and probably was not a very good commissioner. Well, or is that, that what you're trying she, to say, maybe sir? She accidentally clicked a checkbox and didn't mean to, or something. Uh, you know, no ill intent or anything, but but it wasn't a standard rule. So you're that, not saying she's a Roger Goodell type figure? It, you know, only <laughs> only occasionally. Ah, sports. But the point is, <laughs> no one disputes that the rule is bad. You made a chan- You uh, a movement was made to fix the rule. You don't like how the fix was applied. Why was it unfair to you? Why do you deserve to, de- to determine pizza choice for, the, for all time? Please well. tell it to me quickly while <laughs> gasping for breath. Otherwise, it's not a real and persuasive argument. 
Uh, the reason why I deserve to to pick pizza toppings is because the agreement was made. Regarding, you know, I, like I snapped that deal up right away. I'll say I thought it was a good deal that I get to pick cheap, cheap uh, pizza toppings in exchange for uh, one loss. Although that loss did ca- cost me the playoffs. I did not make it to the playoffs in my fantasy football league for that reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, so we had that agreement and we moved forward. I, I've been accommodating as well. How so? How so? Uh, we'll do. A, we'll do. A, let's do. We'll do a little. We'll do a little role play. Let's say I'm Meredith and you're you, and I'm <laughs> and I and I have an idea for a pizza, and I go, um, excuse me, master, <laughs> if I submit in writing that I would like mustard sauce on the pizza, will you please accommodate my choice this what? one time? So there's a couple a couple of ways. Sometimes we do half and half. Sometimes we do never, separate. Never with the mustard pizza. Sometimes we do separate pizzas. Uh, sometimes, uh, and and I'll never pick pizza toppings that I know that she dislikes. Like for instance, yeah, but here you, 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 you know, uh, you we, know we've I been like o- we've been like over the, we've been over this. I can't go through the entire list. But what I'm saying, I I don't want to hear about this. I want to hear about the underlying dispute. I want to hear if you held a reasonable position in the underlying dispute, such that your giving up the fight in favor of this pizza settlement was actually a sacrifice, or if you had an unreasonable position, which therefore you were making trouble in order to affect getting some getting oh. some pizza choice down the road. In the same oh. way uh, it, that, 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 that let's say, one party of Congress might, uh, might cause uh, trouble and shut down the government in order to get concessions that have nothing to do with budgetary uh, matters. He's talking about the Whigs. Yep. I'm talking about the anti-Masonic party again. Sorry, guys. A <laughs> little bit of a bugaboo for me. Why were you right? Obsessed with the silver standard. Why were you right? And why was uh, uh, Meredith's brother wrong? Quick, go. And hyperventilate while talking to it. Micro machines, go. The reason why I was right is because nobody knew about the rule and nobody thought that the rule was a good idea. And so if that's the case, then then we should change the rule and it should be in effect and not just, you know, Andrew did not plan his team around that rule. He didn't start somebody according to that rule. If no one knew that the rule was going to be changed after a week, then no one could anticipate that it would be changed and therefore no one uh, strategized differently, correct? You all suffered under the same disadvantage, no? Uh, uh it did create a problem for everybody, although I was the only one that lost as a result of it. But the the point is nobody planned that the rule existed. You're right that nobody planned that the rule would change, but it's because they didn't even know that the rule was there in the first place. Jesse Thorne, you understand more about this than I do. What, is is uh, Jason's position reasonable here or what? I think so. I think that the central issue in Jason's position is that this was not a rule that everyone knew about, understood, and planned their teams around, uh, then got changed. This was a rule that was unexpected for everyone. And so it's reasonable for Jason to argue that it should be removed retroactively. If Jason's brother-in-law had decided to draft a bad defense uh, because he knew that bad defenses got extra points because of the particular issue here, which is they got points for return yards, um, then I think he would be on shakier ground. But as long as everyone wasn't, as long as no one was expecting this rule, um, changing it retroactively makes a lot of sense. And just so that I'm perfectly clear, the, the decision was made by Meredith to not change it retroactively, thus causing Jason to lose and the brother to win. 
And that's what the brother wanted, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Meredith. Yes, I sided. Yeah. Why did you why did you make this deal? Well, it's it's a little uh, because Bailiff Jesse, Bailiff Jesse, my 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 sportsy parliamentarian friend has really made a a strong case for your now husband that you should never change the rule in the way that you did. And therefore, you deserve to suffer for the rest of your life with his pizza choices and his picky eating and his mouthfield discussions. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you make this deal? Why did you favor your brother? Isn't this against your principles as a commissioner? Well, I favored my brother because so I come from uh, an Italian-American family and I'm I'm from Boston, actually, Uh like yourself. And my brother... You're the time for buttering me up with Yale references (laughs) and New England stuff is over because you live in Minnesota and you made a bad choice and you put pickles on your pizza. So look, we are not of the same country, madam. (laughs) I'm sorry. So, uh, So I knew that if this argument persisted or that if I sided with Jason, my brother would go over to my grandparents' house for dinner. Uh, and be like, oh, Meredith's new boyfriend is a really big jerk. And then my grandparents would be like, what? He's a jerk. And then it would be a really big deal. But you had already um, decided in your heart that he was too <laughs> hideous to <laughs> contemplate marrying in the future. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to. Uh, you were trying deal. to have it both ways. I was. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't want to deal with my with my family. They're very um, they can be. Uh, I don't know. Well, and, and Andrew is the, you know, the son. Yeah, he's the uh, son, know, the only son in right. an Italian-American house. So. So. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then he's then he's used to getting things all his own way, <laughs> <laughs> even if it's not fair. Oh, also, Bambino. Yes, of course. You win football this time. Shh, be quiet, hideous monster. You are in the you are in the right. But shh, be quiet. Don't make him sad. Don't make him cry. This is an offensive an offensive. Uh, if I if I were not half Italian-American, I. I, even then, it's offensive. So I apologize to all my <laughs> Italian American listeners, uh, and also uh, to all of my listeners who can do good accents. I apologize to you as well. It's offensive <laughs> in every in every way. But you wanted your brother to to do well because he's not he's not used to being told no ever in his life, and you figured, all right, I'm probably not going to date this monster for much longer. But if I do, I don't want my family to know what a monster he is. Therefore, I'm going I'm to win this one because I'm going to make this completely unenforceable dumb pizza decision with this guy and make him, make him okay. And then my brother won't be mad and he won't spread uh, terrible uh, uh, rumors about this jerk that I'm dating and make mm-hmm. me look bad by association. <laughs> you thought you could have it every way. Is that not so, madam? Don't wait for the translation. Is that not so? <laughs> it's so. I admit it. It's so. But it was also it was also in Jason's best interest for me to do this because I knew that if he ever came to visit my family in Boston, they would never have forgotten that my brother at one point had said that he was a jerk and they would, you know, bring it up. And well, let me ask you this uh, question. Have they figured it out yet? <laughs> no, they love him. They think he's the best. All right. So. Do they like his pizza choices? Um, I think when they're my grandparents also have very uh, conservative 
pizza choices, their favorite pizza place, which is in Coolidge Corner. They only get like All right, you can say you can say the name of the pizza place in Coolidge. It's Corner. it's Pino's Pizza. Sure, that's a Coolidge fine Corner. that's a fine pizza parlor, traditional pizza parlor in Coolidge Corner, Brookline, Massachusetts. That's fine. It is. It's excellent. So, I'm and a, they a, just want cheese pizza. So Jason is fine with that. Did Did you ever go to Alan Tony's that used to be next to the Coolidge Corner movie house? Back when it was the Coolidge Corner movie house, and then we still had that. We still had our box office and the whole front part of our lobby. There was Alan Tony's Pizza. No, when I, I think the Ground Round was next door when yeah. I was a kid. You don't know what Jason. You're... Do you know anything about the 1989 National League champion San Francisco Giants? Because we can talk <laughs> about that, the, that for a little. Is that the earthquake here? Yeah, you got it. I would <laughs> I would allow I would allow Jesse Thorne's from a parliamentarian point of view Jesse Thorne's dismissive questioning of Jason about something from his own childhood to look, make my question look ridiculous in comparison <laughs> and to highlight the 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 narcissism of my question if it were not for the fact that Meredith said that ground round was in Coolidge Corner you're thinking of Cleveland Circle madam Oh! Oh my gosh! Oh no! Pino's Pizza is not in Coolidge Corner. Even I made that mistake. You're thinking, oh my goodness! I'm so sorry. How... You're right, Cleveland Circle. What? What is? Is this a fraud? Is this a hoax? Have you ever even been to Brookline? Do <laughs> do better research next time. My grandparents live in Brookline. I swear. Uh, Cleveland Circle people. That's a different story over there. I was going to tell you all about Alan Tony's, my favorite. Oh, my favorite pizza place because they did a they did a um, a Greek salad as all Italian pizza places do that had the most garlicky dressing. Boy, you'd probably want to put it on a pizza, Meredith. It was so good. <laughs> Meredith, how often how often does this come up in real life in your guys' lives? How often do you guys order pizza? Probably once a week. And why why don't you order one of your crazy pies for yourself? It's a perfect solution, right? Just get a crazy pie. Uh, well, it's just much more expensive to order two pizzas than to order one. And I think that we should just do half and half. Uh, uh, okay, but you understand that if you ordered your own pizza, this would solve this problem right quick. Just save a little yeah, extra and- money and get whatever pizza you want. And then, you know, pizza keeps pretty good. You could save it. You could, you could, you could chew it right in his face. And, and yeah. you, could, you, could give him, you could give him all, you know, give him all the mouthfeel sounds you wanted. Just like, nom, 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 nom. This is justice to you. Well, also, um, small pizzas, the ratio of crust to inside is kind of off. So they're never quite as good as larger pizzas. Yeah, get a large. Yeah, no, no, she's Jason. (laughs) She's right. She's right. And you know it. I know that you're an expert debater and you're used to taking the side just for the sake of taking a side. But I hope you're not sitting over there saying that a small pizza has the same texture and mouthfeel as a large pizza, sir. No, it's true. That's right. right. Of course it's right. Especially if you're slathering up with mustard. That's gonna <laughs> that's definitely gonna affect affect the sogginess of the pizza. I really want to try this mustard pizza, you guys. <laughs> it's so good. Meredith, if the point of this contract was to ensure that your brother did not speak ill of Jason to to your family, mm-hmm. first of all uh, did 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 you get that benefit? Did your brother go I, and say, "Hey, family, I like this guy. He's a real pushover. All you got to do is promise <laughs> him pizza, and he's not a jerk." You know, my my brother's not particularly effusive, so I don't know if he said that, but he certainly did not say anything negative about yeah. Jason. Yeah, this is my imitation of your brother. I need more, ma. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> 
I want to win, Ma. <laughs> my, my. To be fair, my brother is actually a very like kind, sensitive person. But it's really the problem. More lies in the older generation of people in my family who just sort of take whatever he says as absolute truth and and never really move on past that. What is your brother's name? Andrew. Andrew. And and one last thing here before I go into my chambers to consider this, you you sent in some a document drop at the last minute of a bunch of emails reported <laughs> yeah, to be sorry. between you and Andrew. I got to tell the listeners there's probably a thousand emails here. <laughs> very difficult to go through. I've spent the entire night up all night leafing through these documents and only two points have, have been germane. Uh, one point that comes out of these documents is this. Uh, Andrew writes, I had to you, Meredith, mm-hmm. in going over this dispute, I have some documentary evidence from the time of the incident. Apparently the pizza concession was only intended to be in effect for the remainder of the 2009 NFL season and, quote, while hanging out with the your last name clan, which is very different from the agreement as I understand it. What is true, Jason? Uh, that that was a message that she sent before we'd actually talked about it. And so we, we, we both agree, I think, and we've been living for the last five years as if it weren't just the 2009 season. Yeah, I don't really dispute. We both have the same understanding of the agreement. Basically, I sent that email out in 2009 before I went over the deal with Jason, and he decided that that deal wasn't good enough. Well, I didn't decide. I I, I expressed my displeasure with it. So <laughs> this so this email from from Meredith to Andrew and you, Jason, dated 15 September 2009, 5:46. 09 seconds p.m. Eastern Standard Time, in which Meredith writes, okay, no more arguments. I've decided that I agree with GIF. That's one of the other players. Scores will be returned to what they were pre-changes, and changes will take effect this coming week. I've also decided that Jason will remain a loser. He gets two important perks when hanging out with the Your Last Name clan for the remainder of football season. One, first choice of rock band instrument. Two, first choice of pizza toppings. I think that's fair, and although I haven't cleared it with Andrew, I'm sure he will graciously agree. So this does not describe, it seems to describe in detail what the agreement was. Jason, yeah. you, do you dispute this this email? No, she, uh, she'd made that decision. She sent out the email. Uh, we, weren't, we were not in the same place. Uh, we lived apart uh, uh-huh. for a couple of years. And so then when we talked on the phone later, then... Uh, that's when the deal changed. Do you have a recording of that phone call? Uh, no, but I do have verbal agreement that, that Meredith just gave that that's what the deal was. Meredith, you confirm that mm-hmm. the agreement changed after this initial proposal? Yes, unfortunately. And do you do so of your own free will without... <laughs> <laughs> I do, yes. Would you like to go into a separate room and talk to me separately? <laughs> no, I agree. Jason's right. Unfortunately, Jason, this is a pretty good deal. Pizza toppings for the rest of the year and first choice of rock band is, by the way, which would you choose? Guitar. Although sometimes I like playing drums, too. Right. Just as long as you get first choice. That's all you care about. You don't even care what it is. (laughs) Just as long as you get to choose. So literally what happened, as I understand it, is Meredith sent this email around. You looked at it and you said, "Mm -mm, not good enough. My my loss is so grave that that pizza for the rest 
my getting first choice on rock band instrument and choice of pizza toppings for the rest of this football league season is not enough. It has to be for the rest of my life. Is that right? Fantasy football is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> Do you enjoy being married, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got married after that, so I, I figured that, you know, must have been doing something right. <laughs> what, is your, what, is the rock band, what is the rock band situation in your house now? It's actually been a while since we played. Yeah. But do you? But do you also demand first choice of rock band instrument? I mean, do you do you do you consider that part of this deal? Uh, it's it has not been enforced. I suppose I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah, we just don't really play rock band anymore, so it hasn't but, really come up. But if it did come up, Jason, would you insist that as part of as part of your settlement agreement of September of two thousand nine, <laughs> you get to pick whatever would- instrument you want? First, I would, I would, I would not necessarily do that. But what I would insist is that I don't get forced to play to be the singer. Meredith, does Jason have a problem with um, reasonable compromise in any other parts of your marriage? <laughs> uh, n- actually, no. He's he's actually a very good at compromise, and is generally a really easy person to live with and be married to. But really, the only thing that he is really incredibly um, adamant about is food and his his ideas about food and so and he you know uses the pizza truce as now, argument for why he should get to choose the pizza i if i were you and i wanted to make an argument that would poison the court against your husband <laughs> i would start listing some of the other things that he's weird about when it comes to food Oh, just I'm not oh, saying this I'm, wasn't about food, but about the agreement. Be quiet, oh, there's, sir. <laughs> I, there's what, what was that, Meredith? You, you have an objection and you want to list a bunch of things that Jason is weird about with food uh, sustained. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, he hates pretty much all sauces, especially white sauces. Um, generally, he won't eat anything white. So and he it, won't eat mayonnaise. He won't eat. Mu- uh, he won't eat mayo. He won't eat ranch dressing. Wait, wait are you saying he won't eat mayonnaise or mayo? <laughs> Yeah, both. He he won't eat basically any condiments. He hates ketchup. He won't eat anything kind of soft. So like eggplant or ricotta cheese. Um, He won't eat anything creamy unless it's in an ethnic food. So he'll eat like a creamy Indian or Thai dish, but he won't eat like a, you know, like a fettuccine Alfredo or he won't eat anything with like a white sauce unless it's, you know, from another a country. What are your other? Do you have any other? Cooked fruit. Oh yeah, he won't eat any cooked fruit, so he won't eat pies. Um, ah. any other? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at you're not eating pies. I don't laugh at anyone's particular choices, but I just love that exchange. It's like, was well, there anything else? Cooked fruit. <laughs> this is on the tip of your tongue. It's like I can't believe she's not mentioning cooked fruit. That would have been the first thing I said. Anything else you'd like to list? And anything that risks being soggy, really. Oh yeah, soggy bread. He cannot if if anything touches a piece of bread, he he won't eat it. All right, I've heard everything I need to hear. I'm going to go into my chambers and fire up my backyard pizza oven and make myself a beautiful hot piece of mayonnaise pie, <laughs> with hot pickles and anchovies, and I'll be back in a moment to render my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Jason, you're the champion debater here. 
I bet you've got a pretty good sense of whether you're going to win or lose. What are you thinking? Well, the hard part is it always depends on the judge. You know, you know, like I can think that I won in my head, but it doesn't really matter if I haven't convinced the judge. And so I don't, I don't know where, where he's going. Jason, I have to admit, I was disappointed with how fast you talked. It was pretty slow. Can you just give me an example of fast talking in a debate situation? Like if I give you, if I give you a resolution in, <laughs> that you have to argue for, will you just fast talk a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, the problem is that it, it's like any sort of, uh, honestly, athletic training. You you have to be in shape. And now that I'm a coach, I don't give those kinds of speeches. And so I've lost the ability to do it. I don't care, Jason. <laughs> Just do it. It'll be fun. Oh. Uh, okay. Here's your resolution. Fruits resolved. Fruits uh, are better than vegetables. Uh, you'll be arguing pro- <laughs> um, you have uh, 60 seconds. Begin. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing. I can, uh, what I could do, what I could do is I could get a text and I could read the text really fast, as fast as I could, which is still pretty slow. No, that's not. Oh, you just, I could just unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Jason, you're an embarrassment. <laughs> That's the honest truth. Well, You're an embarrassment uh, to debating. Uh, Those sorry. who cannot teach, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, how are you feeling about your chances? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I feel okay. Uh, I think that maybe the unreasonableness of the initial uh, agreement was apparent. And so, you know, I think I'm feeling pretty good. Meredith, you have 60 seconds. Fruits are better than vegetables. Go. Fruits are very sweet. They taste good. You can eat them raw. There you go. You already won. Jason literally came up with nothing. He's a professional argumentor, and he literally came up with nothing. Well, we'll see what the results are in this particular argument when we come back in just a second. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame, you can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously, 
See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24, Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. There was one other bit in the email document drop that I received. And as far as I can tell, it was Jason's only contribution to the conversation. A single line on September 15, 2009, in response to Meredith's proposal of Pizza Choice for the end of the NFL season plus rock band instrument first choice as being the settlement 
Andrew replied, whatever you lost to you, Jason, which was a provocative thing to say. (laughs) And Jason replied, the rule of law is a myth. But that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) Would you like to, before I render my verdict, Jason, expound on that a little bit and quickly? I mean, like fast talk? If possible. (laughs) Uh, Well, the idea that there is an objective law that stands outside of the people who implement that law is a myth. uh, That people who are real people in the world have to put it into into play. And those people are subject subjective and biased and uh, have their own agendas. And it may not be it may even be innocent, but that the law itself does not stand outside of them. I plead guilty to my biases and my subjectivity, sir. It is hard for me to sit here in judgment of you, a person who neither likes mayonnaise nor mayo. (laughs) Two things that are a colloidal unity and are very close to my heart. And yet we have a reasonable dispute between two parties was settled with an agreement that was agreed to by adults. Now, some people like systems more than they like things. Some people care about arguing more than they care about the thing that is being argued over. These are people who like fantasy football more than football, because fantasy football is a kind of debate club. And I say this as one of your people. There's very little to distinguish the fantasy footballist from the fantasy wargamer, because the pleasure is derived not from an appreciation of a real sport or or a real orc versus dwarf battle, but for the appreciation of a system of rules that create a winnable outcome in an entirely imaginary context. So I appreciate why someone would get upset and frustrated with a change of rule after a week that was not going to be applied retroactively. And this is why I could never enjoy D&D as a child, because I liked thinking about dungeons, and I liked thinking about dragons, and I also liked thinking about ampersands. And I was certainly interested enough and socially marginal enough to want to sit in a room with my smelly friends and pretend to live in a fantasy world. I just didn't see why I had to do so much dumb math to do it. Why so many dice and rules and exception to rules, until I realized that's the game. The rules are the game. And for some people, fighting over the rules and procedures is the best game. So here we are fighting over pizza choice when it's really not about pizza, right? It's clearly an acceptable solution. Order your own dumb pizza, Meredith. Save up your money. Get yourself a large mustard pizza all your own and eat it right in his face. And let your child of a husband eat his special mouthfeel pizza with nothing touching it because that's justice. We know we are wrong in life. When no one will eat with us, eat alone someday without the internet or television all by yourself, then you will feel profoundly alone. Then you will feel profoundly wrong. And that is just punishment for his inflexibility in these things. But Meredith, what can I say? You're a grown up. for me to side with you. I mean, this is a terrible deal that you agreed to terrible. (laughs) This is a completely terrible deal for a number of reasons. One, the benefit that you are getting out of the deal, first of all, is long since expired because you married this guy and your family has chosen to accept it. Two, may have been imaginary. You had no direct reason to believe that, uh, that your brother was going to go malign this dude to your family uh, over this issue, even though clearly... Uh, all Jason was doing was standing up for himself and making a point that my own bailiff says is probably the correct point. 
And, you know, the real and three, the person who really benefited from this was your brother who gets anything, anything he wants anyway. And now you're stuck in a deal where not merely did you propose Jason gets to eat whatever pizza he wants for the end of the NFL season. Then he comes back and renegotiates with no, not good enough for the rest of my life and our life together. And you said, yes, you say you said yes. If you had said, I don't remember that conversation, this whole thing would be going a different place. But you acknowledge you said yes, correct? Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me say, it is hard to take your side as much as I would like to, because I do believe, unlike Jason, <laughs> that there is law. Law is not a myth. And just because it's fake internet law, I am obliged to rule according to an agreement made between two adults who understood what they were doing when they made the agreement, as much as it pains me. Because the fact is, you agreed to a thing. And as even though it is a terrible thing that you agreed to and you should not have agreed to it, you did anyway. And as a result, now you're married. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like the marriage is working out okay. <laughs> but I, I trust that from now on, it's going to be caveat pizzor. Do you know what I'm saying? Watch yourself with this guy. <laughs> he makes an agreement. He's going to stick by it. Any normal, <laughs> rational person would have said, no, not anymore. But this guy's got weird food issues. Doesn't like mayonnaise. Can't trust him. It's going to bring up that pizza truce for the rest of your life. All I can do is advise you both. No, I'm not even going to advise you both. All I can do is advise you, Meredith. Ignore his pizza choice. Get your own pizza. Create a fund. Save your museum and your art money. <laughs> do your own thing. This is an area in your marriage where you will never see eye to eye, slice to slice. And, uh, and take your vengeance that way, because as far as I'm concerned, this is a valid contract. There's no reason to invalidate it. Uh, there is such a thing as law, uh, in, at least in this Internet. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Jason, how do you feel? Relieved. <laughs> uh, I was really worried I was going to have to eat gross mustard sauce or something. Meredith, how are you feeling? You know, at least I won that fruit argument, so I'm feeling okay. <laughs> well, Jason, Meredith, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Judge Hodgman. Canadian house of pizza and garbage. The t-shirts are on our store. MaxFunStore.com is Maison Canadienne de Pizza and Ordure. Shop at our store. Another bad accent from John, John Hodgman, or Jean Hodgman, as the case may be. The man of a thousand bad voices. <laughs> the man of two stereotypical bad accents. Judge Hodgman, you could come up with some reasons why fruit is better than vegetables, right? Nope. Taste better? How about that? Like, to start I there. I like it Satsuma, obviously. And every, every now and then a banana. And I love a tomato. But uh, 
some some of the some some fruits and stones. I just, I would I'd go to a I'd go to a string bean before I went to a a grape. What about a mango? How do you feel about mangoes? That's the world's most popular fruit. Well, I don't. You know, honestly, I don't know how to eat them. Can I tell do, you the truth? Do you, do you shuck them out of their shells? Yeah, literally the best thing about living in Los Angeles, and I mean this absolutely sincerely. I mean, proximity to the entertainment industry is nice. The weather sure. is good. Sure. Uh, but really the best thing is that there are people on every street corner prepared to sell you mangoes that they've already chopped up into pieces so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, that is such a blessing. That has improved my life so much. And they already have some lime to put on it, which really adds to it. A little bit of salt adds to it a lot. Um, All right. Now, now, now you're already into some kind of mango ceviche deal. Like, you're, you're having a salad at that point. Out of a bag. Five I'll bucks. Have... Just give the man five bucks. He'll give you an enormous bag of fruit. More fruit than you could ever eat. You have to share it with somebody. When I was growing up, a Los Angeles bag salad meant something different, but I'm willing to give it a try. <laughs> Well, John, you are no longer on tour. Um, uh, I will mention that uh, I will be at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in January here in Los Angeles uh, doing Jordan Jesse Go uh, alongside our newest, one of our newest Maximum Fun shows, The Bunker Buddies. Bunker Buddies, they're helping you survive when things go wrong. Bunker Buddies, they're like the superchargers, but they're not football, but survivalism. Do we, we need to get like a real singer, like a gifted singer to lay down the Judge John Hodgman Super Podcast song. Not some BS uh-huh. joke singer uh-huh. that's out there, you know, recording goofy nonsense on their home computer. I'm talking about someone who's got a real gift. Like John Roderick, uh, the uh, yeah. the guy who does the theme song for My Brother, My Brother and Me. Get John Roderick yeah. in the studio. Get that John Roderick and four on the natural, floor beats. Yeah, he's got a natural disco voice too. Oh man, I mean good. he does. He's got that high, oh. that high vocal range. He'd do a great job. Judge John Hodgman, super, super podcast. podcast. Judge John Hodgman, super, super podcast. podcast pod pod as a de- <laughs> as an imperative. Go on and pod. <laughs> Anyway, I'm at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater on Franklin in Los Angeles, January 6th at 11 p.m. Um, and uh, it's going to be a blast. So come out. It'll probably cost like nothing or $5 or something like that. But here's something that is going to cost you some money, but it'll be worth it. Jesse Thorne and I doing live Judge John Hodgman at Sketchfest this year. Confirmed. Confirmed. First weekend of February. February. Ske- San Francisco Sketchfest. Check out the San Francisco Sketchfest website for all the details and also all the amazing things you can also go and do and see at Sketchfest. And, uh, you know, the, the last time we did a live Judge John Hodgman, it was at Sketchfest. It was fantastic, and it's going to be fantastic again. We'll have special guests and fun times. And uh, if you have a case in the San Francisco area that you think we ought to hear live and uh, on stage in the San Francisco area itself, why don't you contact us by the regular channels? 
just by writing to Hodgman at MaximumFun.org or going to MaximumFun.org slash JJHo, where you can submit your case, where I'll personally review it. If you're in San Francisco and you want us to hear us on stage, just say, on stage in San Francisco, or some other words that will convey to me you want me to consider this uh, for the live show. Yeah, please do. MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Even if you just know somebody in San Francisco that you think would make a good litigant, we are really keen uh, to get your cases in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I'll be doing uh, Jordan Jesse Go at SF Sketchfest too. So go to sfsketchfest.com. It is such a delightful uh, such a delightful festival. Uh, we're so glad to be a part of it. I used to work for them um, and was super excited that I got to work for them because it's such a wonderful festival. So... Um, and if and if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, how does that happen? Uh, well, that's easy. You can follow Judge John Hodgman at Hodgman. You can follow Jesse Thorne at Jesse Thorne, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N. You can like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. You can also join the MaximumFun.org Facebook group, which is very lively these days. Very, very lively. And you can uh, talk about our show on Reddit at maximumfun.reddit.com that's maximumfun.reddit.com and on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and on twitter with the hashtag jjho jjho but i make you this promise we will never have a linkedin page no sir (laughs) that's a promise to you the listener and i believe this is the facebook page where uh, the uh, people mostly go in order to try to name the cases to come up with a fun pun to name the cases this is where we go and we ask people to submit uh, and uh, who, who named the case this time? This week's case was named by Amy Franco. If you want to, Amy Franco. If you want to be cool like Amy Franco in the future, just go to Facebook and uh, search for Judge John Hodgman. Get up in there. Shows produced by Julia Smith, edited by Mark McConville. We will talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Court is adorned. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.